All right. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today we have Miguel Yuri. I got to see, I screwed it up, man. Look at what I did. Uh, Yurutia. Am I doing this right? I got to try and do it right. No worries. It's, it's Yurutia, but uh, uh, close enough. <laughs> you're like, you're like look, <laughs> look, guy, seriously, don't do that. Uh, anyways, man, uh, Director of Information Technology at Linical Americas. Um, you guys do pharmaceutical stuff and you've got some, A, a really good kind of, I don't want to call it, you know, like, tur- you know, turnaround stories. But, you know, before we get to that, I always like to ask everybody what um, their first experience of technology was, or even better yet, what was your first computer? Great question. And uh, funny enough, I did take your, uh, your, your uh, survey or your questionnaire that you have on, on, on your site. And uh, it came back like I'm, I'm a piece, uh, uh, a piece what do you call nerd. it? A piece of nerd. Yeah, I had to make and, all these up, like, you know, I was thinking that we used to, I had uh, um, Aaron Siemens on the show years ago and he's like, you know, we're out of the days of where people used to just sleep, slip pizzas under the door to uh, IT, you know, and, and put in, and we didn't have to talk to them, you know, like IT people have to be able to talk with people now. So that's where I came up with the pizza yeah. nerd, but, but go uh-huh. ahead. But yeah, then I, I when I say, hmm, pizza dirt, I haven't heard that in a while, but let me go check the myth, uh, you know, Google searches and when I, the urban myths. And when I look yeah. at the urban myth, I'm like, Jesus, uh, I mean, I'm a stalker inside, introverted, uh, <laughs> you know, that type of, I'm like, I didn't, oh, I didn't think about no. any of this. I didn't think about any of this when I was <laughs> making up the, when I made up the nerd quiz, what kind of nerd you are, just so you know, I was, I was sitting with my wife and I was like, I need, I was like, we need to brainstorm right now. We need to brainstorm like all these different kinds of nerds. Like what kind of nerds are there out there? She's like, well, there's a clipboard nerd. And then I was like Googling stuff. I was like, well, let's see. I was like, we were talking about slipping pizzas under the server room door. So that's like pizza nerd. Let's see. We've got karate nerds. We've got, you know, <laughs> I was trying, we're like brainstorming all these. I should actually put the list together of all the different nerds. And I was trying to think, how do we match up? a different, uh, completely ridiculous, uh, stereotype to various different types of people in it. And I didn't even have enough options for the different groups or titles that people are under. Right. So you're, you're it director. We've got CTOs, we've got, uh, software development, we've got, um, systems integrators, we've got help desk guys, the help desk guy, by the way, he was like warrior nerd. And that's because they're kind of like in the trenches all the time. And I had like, you know, one of the things from uh, like, uh, oh gosh, like, you know, some, anyways, some, some, anyways, if you take the, if people out there listening, if you want to go to dissectingpopularitnerds.com and, and scroll down to what kind of nerd you are, just go through and, you know, pick different titles and stuff and you'll see the different types of nerd outcomes. But I need more, you know, even like the security nerd. That was my favorite. That was like the boxing one because they're always taking punches, you know, and they're always fighting for like budgeted dollars. Uh, you yeah, know, that's so, true. That's true. so anyways, um, so anyways, you came out as a pizza nerd. I never thought was smart enough to check urban legends are just terrible. So, uh, you're some kind of introvert. <laughs> so according to, to urban legends in Google, you're an introvert in something else. But anyways, that clearly that's not, that's really not the, uh, not the case if you're in it leadership nowadays and, uh, you're on this Very show. Sweet. You know, so obviously this show is like a huge success and it's one of the, the biggest podcasts in the world. So, um, and, and yep, here you congrats are. Congrats on that. Kudos. Kudos yeah, you on know? you for that. Uh, I mean, yeah, think awesome. about it. 
I need to get in some like um, sound effects too. I want. I really want to. I really want to um, bring in as Mary, uh, Mary, as many IT stereotypes as possible. So I was thinking of like yes. some kind of. I need a Russian guy to um, say some <laughs> things in Russian. You know that have to do with hacking. You know, I just think that would yeah. be great if we had some. You know, if we had some. Uh, I had this this guy Felix Gorovsky, and I was thinking of doing like a play on like uh, Baba Bui, and instead he'd be like Gorovsky. You know, like every time we'd have that sound effect or something. Anyways, if you, if you have any great ideas, let me know. Um, so, awesome. anywho, back to um, pizza nerd days, introverts. Uh, what happened? Like, what, what was the story back in the day? How did you get started in this 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 this? Uh, I don't know. Spaghetti of uh, Cat Five. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I I just started back. Oof, I, I can say the Commodore, Commodore days. And that's because of my brother, right? He's 12 years older than me. So mm. looked up him. to him very well. How yeah, old your got, brother? Got involved. How old your brother? He's See, we, now, can ask uh, you, we can ask how old your brother is and inadvertently ask you your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, uh, my brother's, I think now he's 54, 52 years old. So uh, give or take, I'm in the 40s. So that's, uh, okay. I'm still young, man. So, Good. Um, Good. So yeah, climbing so you, the hill. But, uh, you're at the edge of the Commodore, edge of the Commodore days. Okay, we didn't have Pong. Yeah. Maybe you had Pong. We had Pong. You know. Anywho. Right. Um, yeah. So go ahead, Commodore. So yeah, so it started with Commodore. I'm like, man, this is fascinating. And uh, once uh, you know, I got in school. Then I got sat down on my Macintosh in the '80s and just seeing the you know the black screen with the green uh, lettering and doing math math functions you know, basic math, right? Uh, subtraction and addition. Uh, and just hearing the, the, the computer hum was something that just took me down to a rabbit hole after that. And, and I haven't looked back. So uh, it took me, took me, it's taken me still an, an amazing journey uh, starting way back then to where I'm at now. So, And what was, um, what was back then? Like paint a picture for me because everyone's got a different Everyone's got a different story. I was growing up in a small town of uh, 1,200 mm. people. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. We were going to school. There was a computer lab. And I think we hit the computer lab maybe in fourth grade. You know, what was your yes. kind of environment? Did anyone care about computers? Did you have any other friends that were? I didn't really have friends that were super involved into computers, I think, until like sixth grade. And we started getting the catalogs mm. with you know, where you could order, you know, I don't know, like towers and stuff and, and buy motherboards and put computers together. Yeah, the good one. So I'm, I'm originally, I uh, was raised in Philadelphia. So I'm a Philly, Philly boy at heart. Uh, where in Philly? I live here in Florida. Uh, was in Albany, uh, Northeast Philly. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Northeast and a uh, group. Part of my life in uh, North Philly. That's where I got introduced to the computers. Believe it or not, North Philadelphia, urban city, uh, Catholic school, uh, all the yeah. through through high school. So did yeah. they have cops? Did the nuns? Did you have nuns in class? Well, I, knew, I I knew you were going to ask that. Yes, they they used to hit us with rulers and uh, you know those uh, back in the day they had the wood pointers to for the chalkboard. Good. Good. Yeah, good. We need more of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my friend, uh, so my friend who I, who I was immediately thinking of when we were talking about that, he went to Catholic school and then he transferred to my school in like sixth grade and he was, he had gone to Catholic school and of course he knew like, like English grammar really well because they like drill English grammar, at least at his school they did. I was like, I don't know what like a past 
participle is and all this stuff. And he was like, what are you talking about? And, uh, but they had clappers too. They hit the nuns there had clappers. So they had, um, and, uh, nothing against the Catholics. My, my mother-in-law is Catholic and, uh, and my, my wife used to be Catholic and she's from Nebraska. So I can talk about this stuff. And, uh, and, and I'm from Massachusetts where it's, it's pretty much half divided. You're either like Catholic or Protestant, but the nuns there had clappers, which was basically like a, like a two by four cut with a hinge on it so that you could like whip it back yeah. and forth. And the two pieces of wood would like smack together and make like a big loud oh, yeah. sound to get kids' attentions. Oh yeah. I think we should go back to that. I think we should go back to that. You know, there's, there's, um, and this, this show is really not regulated yet. So I don't think I'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, did it do you any good? Let me just, did it, did you go, did you come through childhood traumatized by getting whipped with rulers and uh, wooden sticks? Not at all. I think I uh, turned out all right. Uh, Probably not, you know, not traumatized as, yeah, not as traumatized as getting trolled on Facebook or something, you know, or some oh, yeah. psychological yeah. thing that we got to deal with now. Okay. So North Philly, um, rough neighborhood, non-rough neighborhood, murders, no murders. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like back in the day that was North Philly was... Yeah, it was tough. To this people day, don't know yeah. Philly. People don't really know Philly unless you've been there and like in you in your in the neighborhood that you might not have ever never been in before. You know, like I got a lot of friends from Germantown and stuff, and people just you know they just uh, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's different. So you grew up in a rough neighborhood. Um, what was that like? It has nothing to do with IT. I'm just uh, asking you because I'm curious. Sure. No, I mean, uh, I'll be frank with you, right? You always have to be looking over your shoulders. Uh, to this day, I still have that habit, right? Walking from school, especially, um, is where the excitement happens. Um, when kids get beat up or get mugged, you know, or they like a hat, they want to steal it from you. Um, yeah, that was the norm uh, coming home. So we always had to, you know, go in groups or, you know, be, be part of something to stay after school. And uh, computers played part of that. So it helped me get out of trouble and, and took me to a different uh, journey. There's a lot to be said about that. We should have, I mean, I don't know what kind of like, you know, programs there are for stuff like that, but I'm sure there's some nonprofits in, in that area that would be very helpful from a technology standpoint. Because look at yeah, what people absolutely. can do with, look, and that's kind of back to some of the themes and points of this show is really to help grow the value of IT, um, connect the bridge between um, not just nerdy IT and look, I can I can fix your computer and I can make everything work, but I can connect the dots to business and uh, a help grow the value of the business, uh, impact the bottom line, and make a difference in the business. So why don't we just use that to transition to maybe some of the the business transitions or stories or uh, successes that you've been able to make happen over the years? What's one of the um, What's one of the bigger one of the bigger things that you as a as a technology leader has been able to accomplish? Yeah, great question. Um, absolutely. So nowadays, or even four or five years ago, the the like you're saying, right? The the sense of being in IT was this person in a closet and you know just taking orders from business units to make things happen for them. That's all. That's all changed, and the way it's changed is now, you know, you have a voice. When it comes to the uh, strategies when it, for the business, a vision, um, maybe then, uh, and again, this goes out to the also the business leaders that have come up as well in these organizations that have now put IT 
or technology in, 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 in a high level in the table talks, right? Into the strategies and saying, hey, IT guy, if I uh, want to know what technology is out there to make us, you know, the leading edge company or cutting edge technology and how do we put that in place? So mm-hmm. it started back, honestly, in the city of Doral. That's where I, I started the strategy part of it in 2014. Had great Wait, Doral, like in had- like Florida, like where the golf course is? Yes, right next to Trump, Doral. Okay. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So that city of Doral is uh, independent, not independent, it's incorporated city with the county, right? Miami-Dade County in, in the state uh-huh. of Florida. So it's okay. part of many other cities that, that are incorporated. So, uh, you know, I, I got there, I got poached in LinkedIn, honestly, uh, by a great man. He's my mentor. His name is uh, Greg Chevarria. So Greg Chevarria uh, was the director of IT at that moment. And he he brought me in, right? He brought me in with that his vision, his mentality already going in full force because he had uh, table talks with these leadership of the mayor and, you know, the council and all that good stuff. So, so hold on, we got to, we got to slow down. We got to slow down. I, I hold the thought, hold the thought. And the only reason I'm stopping mm-hmm. this is because there's a lot of people that I sign up uh, questions on LinkedIn all the time. What's your single biggest frustration, problem, or concern right now? So people are like, well, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, getting this certification, and I don't know which school to go to. Or like, you know, Phil, I'd love to be on the podcast, but like, I'm like, you know, fully focused on just finding a job right now. Um, and yeah. you see, you know, all oh, this recruiter ghosted me the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm putting together. I haven't put it together yet, and it's 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 one of those things that you, you keep marinating on, marinating on, and you write down points, and you write down points, and you add another strategy, and you add another tip, and you add another way to do it. But mm-hmm. you said that he poached you on LinkedIn. So, what did you do to be poachable? Um, you know what I mean, like coachable, poachable. I kind of like that. Uh, be more poachable. Um, what? What was it? What stood out on your profile? Like, or what did you do to make people come to you? Because if we could get people to come to us and offer us the dream job or, or grow our career or get us involved or be willing to, like you said, mentor you. And, and men, that's another thing that w- we need to talk about. But was there anything in particular that it was? And just being completely so, frank and honest here, like, what was it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So listen, a lot, a lot of folks that go into LinkedIn, um, it's, it's not all about me, right? It's, it's definitely not, that mentality has to go away. Oh, it's all yeah. about me. Look at my skills, look at my, my accomplishment. Why don't I'm not getting so a true, job? Man. Yep, yep. I, I, honestly, you know, you have to network virtually and you have to collaborate. And meaning by that is if you like the company or you like someone that works for a company, and you like their article or they post this something, yeah. well, you know, comment back. If you if you don't agree with it, be professional and you don't agree with it. But if you do agree with it, kudo him or kudo her. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was saying. And a lot of people put their LinkedIn profile like a resume. But your res- mm-hmm. your your LinkedIn profile shouldn't be, again, about me. It should be about what you can do for others. It really should be exactly. something that's more of a company. It should be more of a... I mean, I guess it's a professional profile, but it should be more of a company-facing web page for people that when they look at it, right, they can see immediately um, you understand their problems and how you're like solving their problems versus 
you know, look at me. I, I, I can, you know, answer tickets from the help desk and I've got this, 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 and this certification. Well, that's all fun and great, but how about, you know, I, uh, reduced this much in labor and increased, uh, you know, decreased controllable costs and, and, and did this, this, and this, and this is how I do it from this particular uh, strategy by working with executive management from uh, this point of view. And then to your point, find people that you like and would companies that you would want to work with or work for, follow them, mm-hmm. like them, add into that, and then you be proactive in going after them. Because there should be no reason why a good IT leader should need a recruiter. They should be able to target the companies that they want to work for and those companies should want them, but then go after those companies and go right to the top and get right in front of a C-level executive and have the um, ability to speak the language of business and show them how you can make a difference in to their company. Does that sound? Absolutely. Does that sound like 100%. Legit? You know, so I, what 100%. I want to do is put together through a collaboration with other IT leaders, a simple, Somewhat simple, but a way to organize your profile that's a, a, a company-facing profile so that when people see you, they see like, okay, this is how this guy can, can affect our vision and company. And then give IT leaders the tools to go after the companies that they want to work for and then be proactive in their approach as opposed to rely on some, you know, nothing against recruiters because they got to do the same thing. They got to do the same thing, sure. but, um, sure. and they've got to, you know, maybe link the dots and, and find these people also. And, and you'd be making their job a lot easier. But when I asked God that, he's like, you know, these, I'm like, why? He's like, I need this certification. I was like, why? Why, why do you need that certification? Right. If you already have the tools to do it, like, you know, some DevOps cert or ITIL or whatever it is. Right. Because recruiters are asking for it. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's so shallow, really. I mean, because it's just a very kind of like high level way to, it's just a way to filter you out. It's like another tag. It's like, we're tagging you. Like, okay, here's right. a tag, an ITIL tag. Now you're just like, you're in a group with like another thousand people. Like, who cares? Anyways. Right. Sorry. You hit like a struck a nerve. No, no, so not, so not back to fine. Greg, yeah. back to Greg poaching you. He poached you because why? Were you liking his stuff and commenting on it and showing and then, and then networking with him? Like, what was it? Well, that's, that's part of the pie, right? I mean, if you want to look at the whole pie, uh, you know, you have to be a brand, right? You have to be a brand of yourself. Um, that doesn't mean you have to go there and sell yourself, you know, to the soul, sell your soul that way. But, you Definitely know, not. Uh, accomplishment, is, <laughs> accomplishment, it's one, two, your experience, three, you know, um, your interpersonal skills. You have to be a well-rounded individual. Uh, to be part of the IT leadership, if that's what your goal is. That's what I've learned, right? You, you have to understand uh, the whole business, understand the technical side of the business, and at the same time, understand how to manage uh, the people. So uh, with Greg, he the way he approached me, I, one, he liked what I, was, what I was posting. Two, I liked what he was posting. And, 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 and you know, sidetracked you a little bit. I've gotten... My three positions has been through LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah. So from from City of Doral to Kaseya to now Linical, it's uh-huh. all been through LinkedIn. And it has been through just conversations. Uh, they message me. Hey, you know, I have this opportunity. Or listen, in the future, if you want an opportunity, 
I saw this post that you put, or I, I didn't know that you were into whatever. And that's something that our company is looking for. Why don't we start a conversation? Uh, same thing with you, Phil. I, I met you through LinkedIn. And here we are, you know, after taking your awesome quiz and we're in a podcast. So <laughs> we're working we'll on figure, that quiz. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you say it's awesome. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So is it, this is like a labor of love and process, but um, I love what you're saying right now. So keep going. Yeah. So, so yeah. So then uh, with Greg, he, he, hey, hey, listen, I need you to interview, come in um, just like that. Come in, go apply and come interview. That that's a simple. I was like, wow, is this the power? Is this the future? Yeah, because you know what's interesting about that is I would I would assume his HR department, which was became your HR department or whatever it was, needed you know so many candidates that needed to be interviewed in a process, and of the top three candidates, you know, like you know, Miguel is the guy, but you were already chosen, right? And the other candidates could have just been like a, you know, kind of like when you do, like, we already know who the best product is, but we got to have five, we got to put out five bids. We got to put out five bids. Um, I'm not saying that that was the case, but a lot of times that is the case. A lot of times that someone's walking in, uh, the interviews are formality. Yeah. No, I mean, um, don't get me wrong. I had to compete with a lot of talented people. Um, he, he probably did that with other candidates as well, right? And put them through the application process, you know, just to get candidates in. Maybe at that time, they didn't have the candidate pool that they were looking for. So he got creative. The, the man went out of the, you know, his ordinary procedures and said, I'm going to go out of the box and get candidates in, you know? And that's what happened. I, you know, I don't think just because I got the job was because through LinkedIn, the opportunity came from LinkedIn. Then I had to do my job and present myself well to get the job, if that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you now fast forward, because there's a lot we could talk mm-hmm. about there. Um, the, the main point is um, LinkedIn, personal brand, um, connecting, um, human connection, one-to-one connection, demonstrating the fact that I would assume culturally and personality-wise, two people get along. Because it's great. It's great when you work somewhere and you feel like you're working with your best friends. It's another thing yes. when you work somewhere and you and you feel like you're underneath like the microscope, right? Um, yes. so when, you know what I mean. So like when you're when you're underneath the microscope, it's like a stressful thing. Ticket comes in in the middle of the night. Whatever it is, phone rings. It's just a very stressful, miserable life. But when you feel like you're working on a team of a group of people with a common uh, where you trust each other and, and no one's really kind of questioning someone's integrity, then it's a different mm-hmm. feeling. It's a different feeling. So that's what can come out of being outgoing yourself, personal brand, et cetera, uh, if you agree. Um, yeah, I, 100%. Surprising. Yeah, absolutely. So how is he a mentor? Because mentorship comes up a lot. It's a theme that comes up on this show. And I would say it's, it's growing, but I would say 50-50 down the middle. A lot of people didn't have mentors. A lot of people in IT were like, no, man, it was, it was so new back in the day when we were coding on Commodores that we were all, we we're all kind of cut from the same, we're all cut from the same thing. They're like, really? I didn't, I didn't have any mentors. And if you had some people that were mentors, it was like, you know, the old crone, like dude that was using punch cards. He was like using punch cards, like an Einstein guy, you know what I mean? Um, or, or it was someone that 
was not in IT that was in accounting or something and, and taught the IT guy like the language of, you know, look, here's what I need for you to get this approved for the budget. And then like, you know, his eyes opened and he was like, oh, I, I don't need to talk about nerdy stuff. I need to talk about um, this is going to make us money and save us money. And don't worry, I'll be within budget. If you exactly. followed my, yeah, so- I've drank, I've drank this like my third cup of coffee today. So I'm pretty high right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Right. So that we do have those leaders now that, yeah. Um, how is he a mentor? Uh, we don't how, so how is he a mentor yeah. to you? How is he a mentor to you? Definitely. So yeah, for the mentorship, I, you know, you don't go up to somebody and say, Hey, uh, can you be my mentor? Uh, they just happen. Just, it just uh, happens. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. Right, right. We click, right. We click that work. Um, the man has met, he's knowledgeable of IT. He had many years under his belt uh, before I met him. So his, his outgoing uh, personality is what makes him his charm, right? He's, he's a, he's a likable guy. And on top of that, he's a technical nerd. So you, know, you get both words. I was like, man, I, I want to be cool as you and be an influential <laughs> piece on the table so that we can get budgets, right? So we can get money. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. says, sure, man. So yeah, it's been like that since. We're still, even though I've switched jobs, my communication with him, we, we still communicate to this day. And he gives me valuable advice of, you know, of leadership um, in the technical world. Link, um, first of all, you got to send him this episode when we're done and we're done recording this song. Let's send it to him and uh, give him a personal invite from me to come be on this show because that would be cool. Oh, yeah, you'll love him. I'll definitely will. I mean, he's now he's now the assistant uh, city manager for the city of Fort Lauderdale. Okay, uh, nice. he, he can give you stories. He can give you stories. So absolutely sure. count on that, Phil. Yeah, we just need a story show. Yeah, we should just do a story show. Um, I was thinking of doing some different, like what other funny things could we have that would be, you know, that would be good for this show. Uh, by the way, everyone out there listening right now, I'm supposed to do these, these uh, commercial breaks. It's not really a commercial break. It's me asking everyone listening. If you like this show, if you like dissecting popular IT nerds, go to Apple podcasts because of the four major marketing engines in the world, Apple, Facebook. Yes, believe it or not. Um, Amazon and Google, uh, Apple rules the world of podcasts, whether you like it or not. So I need people to go to Apple Podcasts, search Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, scroll to the bottom and give us your honest review. Because if I can get over 140 uh, reviews, it's going to most likely put me in the top 100. And I've been looking at this stuff. So um, anyways, running the numbers. Uh, With that being said, he, do you remember any particular conversation? Let me ask you the hard question. Did you ever have a screw up or something that was like a really hard pill to swallow and he delivered that pill to you and you totally took that pill because you respected where it was coming from? Yes, absolutely. Um, and that was when I first started with the city, we had a project to do. Um, and he's been, you know, he's like, my approach was so newbie, you can say, uh, with networking, because I started as a network analyst uh, uh-huh. for the city at that time. Uh-huh. And something just didn't go right. And, he, you know, he told me straight up, you know, this is not the way to do things. And uh, uh, he was, a, but, but the way he delivers it, right, it's like he's smacking you. But at the same time, he's being very diplomatic about it, that you don't take it that hard. Like, like you just uh-huh. say, you're right. You know, I screwed up. And you know, I'll, I'll get back, back uh, get up, you know, up to bat again and try to swing again and get a home run out of it. So 
do you are you allowed to but, say what the screw up was? Do you even remember what it was on a networking issue? Was I, it just like a technical thing, I, or what was it like, or was yeah, it a personal? Thing? Yeah, it's, it's just a, a technical thing. I, I really don't remember the details. I just remember the memory of him. Just you know, okay. Him, it's like, dude, you like know, you sure plugged I, in a hundred phones uh, and you didn't use the LAN port. Yeah. You used like, the, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Um, like, what was the so? Can you break that down though? Like you know, can you break that down? How the feedback came like if you had to have a coaching conversation with someone nowadays like yeah how does it go yeah i mean now being on the seat that he was you know um now i can give you my stories being on the other side right as as because uh-huh. sometimes it's harder from the sometimes it's harder from the leadership's point of view i found having a staff of 20 people the most stressful point in my life and it was very stressful because you've got other like larger executives looking down on you and, and how you do things. And then you've got a whole group of people that you need their support. And you need them to do a good job. And then they're all looking at you too. Like, does this guy really know like how to be a mm-hmm. leader? And you know, you've got to mm-hmm. now have these coaching conversations. So when you're new, it can be very, very, it can take like two years to kind of like really understand how to, work with a diverse group of people. Yeah, so totally agree, right? And I that that you just brought me to this that experience uh when uh you know, through my journey, I had a an IT director, she was she's a phenomenal lady. Uh she's the one that really, you know, posed me to be who I am as a leader uh mm-hmm. when it comes to positions, right? Um how to market myself. But uh she's she's you know, uh, gave me a great opportunity to manage a team of 15 people. And, and honestly, I had experience of managing other resources, but these are, these were seniors, right? There were a couple of seniors, uh, position that I needed to modify. And man, let me tell you, uh, ones and zeros are very easy to, to deal with, but personalities, <laughs> personalities, that's, that's a whole game. You know, that's a different ball game, especially with senior technical resources because, Hey, I know it all. Right. And, uh, yeah. you're not going to change the way I do things. Uh, yeah. yeah especially, so yeah, that, that, yeah, especially if they're stuck in their arrogant ways. <laughs> yeah. I call it that. I call it the legacy mindset. Right. Ooh, um, yes. So very hard to change those characters, but some of them do sway after a while. They have to understand the program and, uh, you know, you, you got to give them a different perspective, right? That's my job. And that's what I learned under her, her, uh, administration is, you know, you, you got to persuade, you got to let them know this is the way, you know, I understand your, your challenges. I understand that change is difficult, but at the end of the day, we're here to do a job. And if the company's vision is to go this way and it's a positive one, you got to do it. You know, if not, then it's not, not your team for you, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so from a business perspective, so you've got your team management perspective, you've got hmm. a technology supporting the business perspective. How do you, manage that uh change I, I released an episode today that was titled um change is not prejudiced people are right mm-hmm. um like people are prejudiced I heard that. to change and yep. uh what you know so like how do you make that you know I, you mentioned you came into an organization 
you know, and you really kind of in, in 90 days were able to kind of lift the entire IT department. Where, was it one of those things where you came in and there, there was legacy mindsets and you're like, and the people were like, oh, because I've, I've walked into that situation before. I've walked in that situation mm-hmm. from a consulting perspective, from a telecom perspective, from many perspectives. And people have said, you know, don't, uh, Phil, if you're going to come in here and tell us we need to uh, re-cable the entire facility, you might as well turn around and walk out. And like the first bullet point on my list of things <laughs> to tell them was to re-cable the entire facility, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, um, um, uh, 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 you know, like, how am I going to like, you know, like, don't say that, but we're going to get around to it. And then by the end of, you know, like a month later after like, you know, going through presentations and, um, showing ROI and getting, you know, quotes from end users and, and talking with end users throughout the facility and then going in and presenting, uh, to the board you know, I had to come finally to like the final bullet point, which was like the solution, which was recable the entire facility because they are on a right. and a one meg T one with 110 end users and uh, RJ like 11 cabling and 25 points of failure on hubs, not s- switches hubs. You know, and like all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, it was just like it, it was like an insane asylum. It was an insane asylum, is what it was. Um, but it was a zoo. Literally, it yeah. was a zoo. Literally. It was a zoo, wow. like animals, but it was a, a zoo, but it was also a zoo, you know. <laughs> um, and by the end of the presentation, I was like, so, you know, you spend $85,000 on break fix. You've got this, 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 and this. You've got these bottlenecks you're spending here. People are wasting productivity. It takes five minutes for someone to receive an email. Uh, you have no security. Your sense of security is just the fact that no one would ever try to hack you because you've got a single T1. You know, and uh, the solution is uh, you got to spend fifty thousand on recabling. You've got to spend this, this, and this was a nonprofit, right? And I'm taking pictures of servers with like, there's they had servers that were basically, you know, machines with no case on the outside and a fan pointing at the server. You know, like cr- absolutely the worst situation you never see, right? And at the end, yeah. there was like, you know, like an eighty year old guy, nothing wrong. You know, I'm, I'm saying that because when we talk about legacy technology, not that 80 year olds are legacy technologists, but you know, the biggest stereotype there would, you would think that this would be the guy that would shut it down. Right. And he was like, I have one question for you, Phil. Why would we not do this? And I was like, well, you said it. So it's the truth, not me. Um, <laughs> you know, so anyways, uh, what was the story when you came in? Because I love these turnaround stories. Sure. So this is, uh, you know, during my current um, tenure with the company. And again, I, I need to say the disclaimer, uh, you know, any any opinions of mine does not reflect the company I work for. Just want to make that clear. So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I say that too. Uh, any guests that are on my show or anything that comes out of my mouth that could be misconstrued as anything, um, you know, there is some disclaimer on my website somewhere like that. Okay. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. This is uh, make-believe. This is make-believe. Yes, this is make-believe, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, so I got the job, right? Uh, the CEO is phenomenal, right? Uh, for Linical Americas, her name is uh, Vita uh, Lanose, and she has, man, she is savvy. Like, when I mean I, I met one of the best bosses so far, uh-huh. she is one of them. It, it, she gets it, right? She gets technology. So, anyhow, uh, I got into a scenario where she was desperately, the IT department was bleeding, uh-huh. uh, but bleeding financially, right? Um, uh-huh. And she's like, listen, it's, yeah, if you really want to make a difference here, 
mm-hmm. here, here's something. Look at these plans. Tell me what you can do. I said, wow. And, and, and uh, I said, okay, let me look at it. And, uh-huh. and I said, you know what? And myself, I was like, I'm going to make this happen in 90 days. Like that, yeah. put, I put myself on that goal mindset, right? So did you have a reason saw, why 90 days or did, or do you use that as your general philosophy a 90 day, a 90 day planning philosophy? It's just a, a general philosophy and, 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 and gets me going, right. Gets my motor okay. skills. Uh, one of my, um, one of the best coaching programs I went ever went through was from like an ex hockey coach. His name's Todd Herman and he has a program called the 90 day year. And, um, mm. His whole his whole program is about breaking goals down into ninety days and then into two week sprints. Nice. Um, so I look into that. So, anyways, um, well, the, you just kind of did it naturally. Like ninety days is like yeah. it's a chunk of time that's not too long, but not mm-hmm. too short, where you can mm-hmm. actually really accomplish something in that period of time. You know, and push yourself. It's not too it's not too out of the box. It's not too far off. You know what I mean? Uh, anyways. Yeah, so definitely uh, the 90 days, right? So I I did this mythology just going, you know, let's align, let's analyze, let's assess, and let's advice, you know, Uh, roadmap uh, philosophy. So I got all the pain points. I understood the plan. I needed to know where to go, and I just needed to execute, right? So I did my uh, due diligence. You have to do your due diligence, uh, especially dealing with C-level. They don't want you to waste their time and give them the whole scenario of how you're going to fix it. They just want timelines and budget and, you know, what's the outcome. It's, it's going to help us, right? That's the main line. Yep. Uh, facts. The slogan line. So, yep. yes, facts. Just give them the facts. And that's what I did, right? So, um, it was a great year for me. Unfortunately, we went, we are going through this pandemic, but it was like a, a, a perfect storm, you can say, because I got hired a month or two weeks before this whole Corona uh, or COVID-19 started. And um, it just gave me an opportunity to really dig in and, and make things happen. So uh, long story short, in that 90 days, I was able to give them what they wanted uh, or what they, what they deemed to be a necessary change within the organization and how I made it better for them uh, when it came to the technology. So there's like, I mean, there's really no disclaimer. There's no disclaimer needed there because they did the right thing. A, by bringing you in, by noticing that there is a gap, right? And then you Mm -hmm. filled in the gap. So it's not like, it's not like any, like, okay, good. Like, you know, kudos to them. Right. Like you didn't pull a Sears. You know what I mean? You didn't pull a Toys R Us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like like, good for you. (laughs) Um, was there any, any key pieces that were, that maybe, so COVID-19 drove a lot of hurried upgrades. Um, for some people, they're already in the process of that upgrade and it only further cemented their great decisions. Right. Um, what, what were some of the biggest, um, were, were, were there any highlights or upgrades or things that you did that really improved, um, productivity or whatever it is you guys were trying to accomplish for the benefit of other listeners out there. Absolutely. So they, they were, I'll take this technology, right? Just an example, Skype, right? They were on Skype. Yep. Uh, nothing against Skype. I think it's a good program, you know, but there's Microsoft yeah. teams was really, was coming. <laughs> I was going to, ho- right? I was kind of hoping you're going to say teams and not like, you know, some other thing. I was like, yeah, Skype, like, why not teams? <laughs> yeah. yeah teams. Right. Why not teams? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What I, does is was there how do you make that um it's funny that you say that because i've got teams open right now i've got skype open 
I've got for homeschooling purposes for my kids. I've got, you know, I've got an Outlook account to manage home network. And then I've got Zoom open, which we're doing this on. And I'm getting ready to migrate everything to, I've gone from a G suite to a, I never thought I would be a Microsoft, like, you know, complete, you know, lover, but I am, I am now. I, I find it so easy to communicate with people on teams outside of the organization. Yeah. Um, it's from a growing the business perspective, right? It's almost impossible to get a hold of someone on email. It's easier to get a hold of someone on uh, via snail mail than it is on email. It's maybe mm-hmm. possible to get a hold of them on telephone. It's easier to get a hold of them on text messaging. But the one thing that most people kind of, and I don't want to say put their guard down to, but let's say I find you on LinkedIn and you get like, you're an IT guy. So you get hammered by like sales guys all day long. You get people vomiting in your inbox with like two paragraphs and and, and links and, and read this. And I'd like to make a professional introduction and we're in the same link and blah, blah, blah. Right. But if I send you a message externally, like from teams to teams, and I say, hey, man, uh, I had a quick question for you. And you're getting it in teams. You're kind of like, wow, like this guy was able to search and, and see that I'm, you know, A, I've got teams to begin with. Like, yeah, yeah. And I've had so many conversations with people just by doing a quick teams video call that I probably wouldn't normally have with someone if I had gone any other route. So anyways, that's just the team's piece. And I don't see that happening nice. in Zoom. I don't see that happening in Zoom, like, you know, adding someone to your Zoom messenger. Just no one's doing that. But yeah, well, I, I, do have strict, I do have strict guidelines with that, even though it's a great way to have external communications. Uh, internally, I don't allow uh, other domains, only, you know, just the security hat. I put my security well, hat on. good for you. Here. Well, good for you. Yeah. That just goes to show how many people um, allow Phil Howard into their domain. <laughs> it's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there. I gotta be. I gotta be. You know, uh, put my white hat on us, and now we don't. We don't do that. So. But it could be. But would you allow them to add if they emailed you, or they would you allow a particular group of customers or high level customers yes. or accounts? Right. After so, after the right approvals, yes, absolutely. Right. Okay, so good. So regardless, um, I mean, I don't know what the percentage of world of the world is that uses uh, Microsoft over G Suite now. It's got to be astronomically one sided. Any clue on those statistics? I don't honestly. I, I know um, I Microsoft has. Yes, what? Phil, you should. You should. You it's should. My be fault. It has the numbers. It's my fault. And yes, it's your you. fault, Phil. Okay, good. See, this is called taking responsibility. That's another leadership characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you guys were on you guys were on Skype. You moved to Teams. What, how many end users moved to Teams? Yeah, so for this company it was pretty easy. Like the, my kids say easy peasy. It was only 100. Uh-huh. Um, however, my previous organization that I was with um, had over 1,000. And they, we did the same exercise. So I learned a lot uh, uh-huh. from my previous organization coming over to where I'm at now. So, um, so yeah, so in, in, in length of all, like 1,200, you know, um, uh-huh. same, same type of challenges you can have. And honestly, the, the, the most challenging is just the mindset of the end user. 
that's pretty much where you come with the uh, walls. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't like this. Oh. Yeah, there's so. four. Um, I, I could... I could summarize your struggles and every other IT director's struggles probably on the face of this earth down to five things. And one of those five things is end user training. Mm-hmm. I would say the other thing is dealing with silos and legacy, legacy technology creating silos in the organization that you have to manage. Amazing. Yes, true. Do you agree? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. The other one would be having to deal with poor technical support from your vendors, any of them. Yes. Uh, What was the other one? Uh, The fourth would be uh, confidently taking decision direction and planning. And the fourth, fifth one, did we have a fifth one? I had it really boiled down to like, like four. Um, And I, and I only know that because I've, a done so many interviews and a ton of um, uh, surveys, the wrong word, talking with people, talking with, uh, with IT managers. And I only did that as an eye opener for myself because I'm always thinking like, if you had asked me like three years ago, you know, uh, what's this IT guy's problem? Or, you know, what, what is he really like? What keeps him up at night? Like, I don't know. It could be a, he doesn't have this feature in this, you know, thing. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that, but it's not at the end of the day, your job is to support end users and to create a culture of technology. That's very easy to use the, um, you know, and part of that issue is the diversity of your end users and training them to use technology. Um, That is true. So what was always a light? There's always a light. There's always a light. Sorry. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So, and training and the end user training, all that, what keeps some, you know, directors up on night, of course, is money and security. Um, but other than that, um, it, uh, you know, the end training after it's done and over with, and they already have like 90 days into this new technology or software that they're getting used to. I did a survey uh, at the end of the year of last year, and I went out and say, OK, tell me now. Would you rather pick Skype or do you like Teams? Yeah. 98% or 99% pick Teams over Skype any day now. Yeah. So they better. Yeah. They better. Yeah. I'm just, pull up, <laughs> I'm just pulling up Skype right now. And why is that so great? What's the difference? Yeah. The messengers on the left. What was their pro what was their like uh, I wonder what their um like complaint was? Let's see. Teams. They, they saw too many buttons. They, they saw too many buttons on Teams. Wow. Like, oh my god, files and wow. and CAD and A calendar and, and how do I calendar? Damn. Yes, damn, damn this calendar. calendar. <laughs> <laughs> There's a help yeah. button. Why I don't want to. There's a help button. Why? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but they love it. That's awesome. uh, yeah. Once you start using, once you start using Teams. Um, I'm probably going to get hammered now by some of my sponsors, but you know, once you start using teams, um, no, it is, it's, it's great. Um, your biggest learning moment was, um, well, we haven't talked about cryptocurrency or or blockchain at all. And I'm not going to even go there because it's an impossibility. That's such a deep subject. Like asking if, if I, if I was to ask, how about this, how about this one for end users? This, here's a good question. Um, uh, how does blockchain work? 
Well, blockchain's too too. It's too much of a. Uh, how does cryptocurrency work? That'd be that'd be a good. I, I started. I went down that that went down that road one day for like an episode, and I realized it was so far above my head. And all these software guys, you know, I'm gonna I'm going to um, a stereotype software guys right now that have like little to no personality or that think that they're smarter than everybody else. You know, like I can tell. It was like comic book guy. It was like, I can tell by talking to you that you know nothing about how money or the economy works. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's just like, you're right. We're not doing this. But cybersecurity. What's your biggest learning moment around cybersecurity? Sure. Uh, cybersecurity is what I learned a lot actually was at the city and here where I'm at now at Linical. So uh, again, it all depends on leadership. So what I learned in cybersecurity is we were getting hammered. Uh, I'll take you back where the Miss Universe pageant was held actually at the Trump uh, Hotel and the city was hosting the event. That The the uh, website, the city website got hit ever, not known because, you know, it's a little city. Like DDoS uh, 60, attack or what? Exactly, a DDoS attack. Uh-huh. See, I'm not that so, dumb. That was a... <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, We'd have to describe what a DDoS attack is. Everyone that, you know, that's the one thing that millennials do know because they play a lot of Xbox or something. You know, they're going to know what a DDoS attack is because they're doing it to their other like gamer like teams and stuff. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I was talking with yeah, my nephew. <laughs> like my nephew, he's, you know, he's getting ready to go to college and he's like, yo, you did a show on, on DDoS attacks? He's like, you know, and I was like, how do you know about that? He's like, oh, you know, I'm doing, and then he was like way into cryptocurrency and stuff as well at, you know, 17 or 16, whatever age he was. He's like, well, because I have a really good like team with whatever game they're playing on Xbox and we got hit with a DDoS attack and now we got to like turn up a server and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> anyways, so, uh, so anyways, um, you guys got hit Trump hotel, whoever it was got hit with a DDoS attack. Um, what'd you guys do on that public facing IP or what, how'd you guys figure that out or what was going on? Yeah. So I was tasked to uh, look into it and uh, I got the old, old famous old, old wasp, uh, site and, uh, got my, my cool tool, Cali Linux, uh-huh. um, and got the authorization from my boss to, you know, do my sweep and uh-huh. see what, what was going on. And, uh, we found a hidden text, um, uh-huh. within the, the website that was causing also an issue besides uh-huh. uh, denial of service. So, uh-huh. you know, that, that opened my eyes, you know, with, with what I studied and, you know, put it into action. Um, uh-huh. like, I'm like, wow, I really like this. You know, I really yep. like to play detective. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we got, we got, we got, we got the okay after we, re, you know, presented the, the facts, uh, we got approved to put in a security awareness budget program, uh, program. So <laughs> We got funded, right? Immediately. Yeah, classic. So, yeah, that was an yeah. awesome experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic post-apocalyptic uh, security failure gets funded. That sounds like yeah. a great, that sounds like a great title for a show. Yeah. Um, but again, if, you know, I was a newbie. It wasn't, it wasn't something major, you know, but it was an eye opener. Um, it, it helped us because it, it protects, because we, we had, I had the response, you know, the team had the responsibility for, the police department and city hall. So that little incident could have gotten a little bit bigger, right? So yeah. um, it definitely was an eye opener. Um, for anyone out there listening, and I think we've already given some amazing advice out there, but what's the main 
theme. And a lot of times you can't, you can't teach things, but people can be taught. People really, they really can have a, like a, an awakening. They can, they can like come out of their, like a, like a, you know, like the undertaker and WWF or whatever that was back, you know, like you, you, like you can have like an IT awakening and an aha moment. And uh, this is your opportunity to provide that awakening for them. What is your, what would you say is like the theme or common theme or main piece of advice that you would give to anyone out there that might be, you know, 28 years old. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I get people all the time. Like, I think there's a people have visions of grandeur at a young age too, that they're going to mm-hmm. walk right into a role right away. And they don't realize that it's kind of this cumulative uh, experience over the years. That is kind of how you end up where you're at in life, but the decisions that yeah. you make can absolutely affect those uh, experiences that you then experience, which give you experience. Um, what would that main theme or piece of advice would be that, that has helped you get where you, where you're at right now? That could, yeah, that people definitely. could change or alter people could, you know, maybe insert into their life. Yeah. I, I, the number one I think is don't look at the dollar sign. Uh, we get paid pretty well what we do, but that all depends again, like you're saying, right. You got to compound your skills. You have to compound your passion you have to be a passionate person when it comes to technology. There's no no ends of but but you know there's there's no way around it. Uh, if you're not passionate at what you do, any job, but with technology, you have to be passionate. You have to find or try to find that needle in the haystack. That honestly, that's IT in a nutshell. Because it's always going to be a challenge. IT is never the same every day. It, What's it, the needle in the haystack? What's the needle in the haystack? Right. So the needle in the haystack is. You know, when you're starting off in help desk, right? Uh, well, how do I solve? How, you know, do I tell them control all delete? Do I, uh, <laughs> you know, defrag their hard drive? You know, then you go into your engineering role and you'd be like, okay, a help desk was cool. Now I got to find that other need on hazard. Do I like software? Do I like network? Do I like management? You know, there's so many branches. Uh, yeah. We don't save lives, but we do save the uh, businesses for when there's an outage. Uh, so it's the same thing as being a doctor, right? You have to f- figure out your specialists where you're really going to shine at and work at those skills. Um, the horizons is, is, you know, the sky is the limit. You know, that's what I was told when I was a kid. And it's so true. Um, never stop learning. Uh, don't think you know it all. Don't think you're an expert. Nobody's an expert in technology. You can be a specialist of something that you do and you do it every day. But there's going to be someone else out there that does it way better and you can learn from them. So never stop learning. Um, that's that's the main goal. Always look for that needle in the haystack and never stop learning. Well, I'm definitely going to disagree with you. IT definitely has saved lives in many instances by providing links to specific things, bringing internet to where the internet has been out to help ambulances get to wherever they need to get. Uh, basically, maybe supporting sure. first-line workers, allowing doctors to do remote surgery in a battlefield, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Um, we all work together. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to having you on the show again um, with any of your mentors or however you guys want to collaborate in the future. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Phil. Thank you for having me. I think you're doing an outstanding, phenomenal uh, piece of work with your content and everything that you're doing for, for us, the IT guys, nerds uh, out there in the world to bring it to a one platform and 
you know, just uh, decompress everything that they have or they go through to make a better experience for the next person up. So thank you. 